May I welcome you to episode 72 of Moving Matters. I am your host, Colin Wynn. I hope Moving Matters will give you an insight to others working or have worked in this wonderful industry as I delve into their past, their present and their future. You will find a new episode of Moving Matters on the second and fourth Thursday of each month. In this episode, we discover how my guest began within the industry about 20 years ago, although he feels he was born in the industry as he has a well-known industry father and grandfather. We discuss his challenges, what he would change from his moving past, his high points, what changes he would make to the industry, the advice he would give starting out again, his predictions for the next five years, and what he does outside of the workplace. And as always, we end moving matters with a funny moving story regarding a previous podcast guest. My guest this episode is Adam Chudley, director of BK Moving and Storage Group. Enjoy, and please excuse the poor quality of my microphone, which Windows kindly swapped during a recent update without me noticing. Apologies. Adam, welcome to Moving Matters. How are you this evening? I'm very good, Colin. Thank you. So, long time no see. Can you tell everyone about yourself and the length of time within the industry? Yes, my name is Adam Chudley. I am a director at BK Moving and Storage Group in Exeter, and I have been in the industry about 20 years. And how did you get started in the industry? So that's a bit of a cliche. I almost feel like I was born into the industry. I was born in Stockport. And whilst that may not seem relevant, my family are all from Devon. And uh, I'm the odd one out. And I was uh, (laughs) born born in Stockport because my father had been sent to work in Stockport running uh, the or being involved with the depot at Bradshaws and at the time also my grandfather Derek Blatchford was just coming out of his BAR presidency I believe so from a family point of view I've always thought of the industry as part of our family from school or from college, should I say, I actually uh, went into accountancy for a few years. And then the pull of the removal industry uh, came into play. I I got very bored one day of, uh, of sitting in an accountant's office and looking out the window and thinking, surely there's a lot more of the world to see. And I handed in my notice and about three weeks later started to work as a casual porter for the uh, for the family business and although I had a brief period of being out of the industry that was 20 years ago and uh, yeah I've been in it ever since. So let's tell everybody Adam who is your famous father? I should probably actually refer to him as uh, an episode number, shouldn't I? Uh, so my father is Mark Chudley. He was BAR president up until recently and is working for Chudley's under the uh, Fox Group banner now. Cool, cool. 
So can you tell everybody about your company and the services it offers? Yes, yeah, so now I am working for BK Moving and Storage Group. Not many people will know that name, I would imagine. That's a uh, that's sort of our parent company, Banner. We actually trade under the names of Blatchford's International Movers and also King and Keary Removals in Exeter. So, yes. And Blatchford's have been around for many, many years, haven't they? Well, so the Blatchford name has been around for many years. My great-grandfather, so I've actually learned that I'm a fourth-generation mover, not a third-generation mover, had Blatchford's in Exeter, I believe, from the 1930s. The business moved on to other ownership. And then my grandfather, Derek Blatchford, who many people may know, mind you, generational now. I'm sure people will know. Had Blatchpack, which was then bought out by the Bishops Group, early 90s, I believe. And then my grandfather, but primarily my uncle, David Blatchford, then started back up under the Blatchford's name. So the Blatchford name is well known or has been well known in Exeter for a good number of years. Yeah. So what services do you offer then, Adam? It's a pretty standard removals operation in the main. We do a lot of local national moving. We have a large storage facility, 13,000 square foot. We carry out a bit of commercial moving. We also specialise with a bit of international moving as well. Not so much of the European right at the moment. That market has certainly changed over the last few years, but there is still some international moving out there. And how many trucks do you run and how many guys do you employ? So at present, we have three trucks, one van. There are only five of us within the business at the moment. That is including myself and David, who run the sort of office side. We we have three manual staff. We tend to run on one and into two removal crews at the present time. Do you get out there and do the removals? I've been out there today, actually. Yes. Yeah. You guys just can't stop it, can you? Even if you're in the office, you've still got to get out on those bloody vans. The problem is, is when you've got a truck license, it's a bit difficult not to. (laughs) I think my father always used to say, if he's got arms and legs and he can lift a bit of furniture, then he'll do. So, (laughs) uh, yeah. So what challenges have you had to overcome? Challenges. Mm. It's an interesting one. Family businesses, I think, has probably been mentioned on your on your podcast before. You know, working within family businesses can be a bit of a challenge at times. That said, whilst I think sometimes it's it's actually a perceived challenge, I think there are many benefits that go with it. You can often be a bit more honest with a member of your family than you can with uh, with people that you work with, especially nowadays with. uh, employment law the way it is oh Um, (laughs) true true yeah but many a time you know we would disagree 
on things. So within Chudley's, not only did I work with my dad, I also worked with my uncle, my dad's brother, Hugh, and also my sister, Sarah. So we were able to be quite honest with each other. But also, I think whilst it was a challenge, we were able to overcome it. We actually used to have sessions with a, a business advisor, I would call him. He was a family friend, but actually was previously an accountant. And he would come in probably once every couple of months. We'd have a, a day of of sessions looking through the figures, but then an afternoon of what are the challenges this time around? And uh, he would see who would moan the loudest and we'd sit around a table and and we'd actually have good, honest conversations whereby, you know, a lot of good came out of it. We were able to almost sit back and get an overview of the business thanks to his inputs. And that was a good thing. But being in a family business, if you had issues that you had to try and overcome, Did you leave those issues in the office or did they often go home as well? Um, I I would consider myself to be quite a passionate person. I, um, (laughs) you know, I'll have my say on things. And actually, I think I would put a lot of this down to my dad. He was very strict, not is strict the right word. He was very passionate about the fact that we worked together and that first and foremost we were family he wasn't going to have a fallout a family fallout and he was very passionate about the fact that we we dealt with things and when you're young and when you're the the junior member of the family you you know you're bang your fists on the table and obviously metaphorically bang your fists on the table and you'll feel it's a bit unfair at points but we were pretty good at figuring things out but I would say that was my dad's influence he you know he was very passionate that we did that so yeah any other challenges um I've had a few challenges over the over the last few years. I left the industry for a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, it was not planned. It happened overnight. My brother-in-law had quite a serious accident. I will point out that he's okay. Good. He had his own business and overnight we as a family realized that that business would need support he was out of action for a good i would say nine months really wow and so overnight i left chudley's and walked into a tractor dealership to pretty much run things on a day-to-day basis and and this would have been all brand new to you yeah um I've seen a lot of trucks in my time and I I can drive them. I can put furniture on them. Uh, <laughs> when it comes to the mechanical side of things, that's where I draw the line. So um, I, I think my dad was actually quite amused by the fact the least mechanical member of the family was... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah was working within a within a tractor and garden machinery business but it was it was challenging but it was pretty rewarding at points as well so yeah 
Good. And then another challenge, I guess. So unfortunately, um, mostly due to COVID market conditions and, and the challenges that the tractor business have been put under because of the accident, the business unfortunately did go into administration and, and liquidation. So yes, being a director of a business going into administration was, was certainly very challenging. And then what to do next? So coming back into the industry and uh, going into a different business that, um, although a family business, was not the family business that I was used to. So I now work with David, my uncle. I'd had experience within the industry, but I was quite conscious when I started working with him of really finding that balance. You know, I'm quite a enthusiastic person. I sometimes am probably a bit too enthusiastic. And uh, I really had to find the balance when I first started. So I think the best way of putting it is the challenge when I started was you have this excitement of buying into a business, of suddenly thinking you want to play with the new toy, as it were. But I really, you know, had to be conscious of this was an ongoing business, you know. BK Moving and Storage has been about as a partnership of businesses for 15 years. Blatchford's, as you well know, or as we've discussed earlier, has been around for a good number of years. And King and Keary, actually, as, as a family removal business, has been around even longer. It was established in the 1920s. And so there was a lot that went before me. And um, I was I was conscious that I had to come into a business and and not and be respectful of its history of the fact that I was coming into an established business that had done a number of things right for a long time. So yeah, holding myself back, I would say, was a bit of a challenge at first, but it's worked well. So yeah. So I take it you have plans for changes. Uh, yes, we do have plans for changes. Market conditions at the moment, I would say, affect those plans. In my view, you'd be um, pretty daring to push ridiculous amounts of change at yeah. the moment while yeah. the market is the way it is. But yes, we certainly see a uh, a future of a few changes maybe <laughs> cool look forward to hearing those so if you could change anything from your moving past what would it be this is an interesting one i think from my point of view and maybe this shows a bit of my personality what would i change from my moving past i'm not somebody who really believes too much in uh, i want to change something from the past what lessons have I learned? Maybe I'm a firm believer that the pathway that we've taken leads us to where we are today. I learned one very, very important lesson within probably only about three years of working in the removal industry and 
people will say it time after time and I didn't listen, but that's a bend from the knees. I had quite a, uh, a serious back injury when I was still on the vehicle. So um, from the point of view of of lesson learned, I wish I could go back and uh, and repair my back, but unfortunately that's not going to happen. One thing that I feel a bit sad about is that my time out of the industry coincided with my dad's BAR presidency. I would have yeah. liked to have seen a bit more of that, but that's the way life goes, isn't it? Don't worry, Adam. He looked good with that big necklace on. Sorry, oh, okay. <laughs> he sent us plenty of pictures. Don't you worry. And he was very, very proud of wearing that. Yes. Yeah. So, what is your high point of being within the industry? I'm sure you have many to come. Yeah, it's it's interesting, really. High points. I I love this industry. I. I think, in truth, my father would have uh, preferred me to stay out of it a bit longer when I first started for him. I found this quite a tough question, actually. BAR conference, Bournemouth, my last BAR conference that I went to, I would say that that was a personal high point for me. Not only did I attend with my dad, but I also attended with my grandfather as well because it was in Bournemouth it was the most local it was going to get to us he decided that he'd like to attend as his last conference and so yeah the three of us were there together and actually at that conference I at the time was involved with the with the young movers group and did a presentation and a very very good presentation it was Adam uh, you, you've got to say that, haven't you, Colin? No, not one bit. <laughs> I was very impressed by that presentation. Very uh, impressed. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, it's easy to talk about something that you're passionate about, in yeah, my view. Right. So, yeah, that was a high point. I don't know that I found talking in front of people particularly easy, but I, I quite enjoyed sitting there and thinking about what I wanted to say. So, yeah. So the, the Young Movers Group, I've got to mention the Young Movers Group. Yes. I'm a big fan of the Young Movers Group. I'm gobsmacked that they won't let me join because apparently I'm too old. <laughs> Are you going back into the Young Movers Group? Well, I actually can't now. I'm too old. So oh. now, see, this is a bit of a funny one. I was involved with the Young Movers Group during Stephen Vickers' time at the BAR. Yeah, that was where I would say I met a good majority of my friends and business contacts that I still deal with today. The Young Movers Group then for a time sort of lost momentum and disappeared a bit. Mm. And then under Ian Studd, it was re-energized and I knew a few people who were involved. At the time when it was re-energized, they actually put in an age limit of 35. And I think I was oh, 37, 38 at the time. And uh, actually, it's well known that the age limit was changed just so that I could go <laughs> onto the all said in jest, obviously, 
but uh, actually i was i was invited to be involved on the young movers committee and i did mention to people at the time that a 35 age group was probably a little low and so kieran and his his leadership of the uh, young movers committee is all thanks to me because otherwise he'd have been too old so yes but uh, <laughs> Yeah, very passionate about Young Movers. It's It was huge for me, I think. That sounds a bit uh, over the top, but yeah. The people that I met, and I remember meeting a lot of them for the first time, would have been 14, 15 years ago. Wow. And I remember it because my well, it would have been 14 years ago. My eldest daughter had just been born. and. I still keep in touch with a good number of those people today. And you don't see it at the time. You think you're there for the drinks and the bowling and the the general merriment. But you don't realize at the time just how important those people are to you as business contacts. And and it it is really important. Networking. I'm a firm, firm believer in networking. We're a people industry. Oh, we have Yes. So, yeah. So what one thing would you change within the moving industry? So I'm going to be a bit controversial on this one. Oh, we like that. I'm going to put in there something that I wouldn't talk about changing too much. And then I will also put in there something that I would like to change. So from listening to your podcast colin i've noticed that a lot of people talk about regulation they talk about specifically the three and a half ton van regulation now actually i'm going to use a bit of a a football analogy here i'm not a believer that a football club should sack a manager or fans should ask for a football club to sack a manager if they don't have an idea of who replaces them and what the onward plan is. Now, with the three and a half ton regulation, I've heard it a few times, we need to regulate three and a half ton vans. Well, for a start, post-Brexit, I can't see a government wanting to put too much regulation into three and a half ton vans are you going to add extra barriers as it were to your amazon driver your local builder your you know three and a half ton vans make up a lot of traffic on the roads and i don't i really don't see that adding tachographs adding operators licenses is something that a is likely to happen and b is viable really but actually from the point of three and a half ton vehicles we talk about regulation but there's regulation around them already so we all know that you can fill that vehicle until it is three and a half tons in weight yeah a lot of the bugbear with removers is that people more on them until they're over three and a half tons in weight so i would say if that really is a a bugbear of movers that actually we need to be along the lines of 
encouraging those uh, DVSA to actually clamp down on the weight issue. We have we have driver rules. We have driver's hours rules for three and a half ton vehicles. You know, we have UK driver rules. I don't know that I've ever seen a situation whereby um, a police officer would even know what those rules were. But from the point of view of regulation, it just, in my mind, it doesn't, it doesn't sort of have an end result. It's quite a general term when in actual fact, there is regulation around these vehicles. And I cannot foresee that it's practical to add more regulation. Maybe that's a controversial view. I don't know, but I just, I think we need as an industry to get our heads around it a bit more. Interesting. Yes. You're on the side of Tommy by the sounds of it. Okay. I haven't heard Tommy's views on it. I'll have to, uh, I'll have to listen in for that one. So, yeah. That's my views. I think we as an industry, I think we concentrate on the three and a half ton brigade, as we would call them too much. I think that there are a good number of removers out there that use three and a half ton vehicles. We should push a bit more as an industry, maybe rather than the regulation point of view of of actually having conversations with the DVSA around actually using the laws that are already in place to make sure that these people don't run illegally i can't see it happening personally we we live in a world where i don't see more regulation happening but i might be wrong do you think some of the removers out there that are against the three and a half tonners are scared of them i don't know that they're scared of them from the point of view that you don't need to be a hgv driver to drive them there are many of them out there. They're undercutting the larger companies with the bigger vehicles. Is it that that's the issue more than being overweight? I don't see that they're scared of them. I probably see that they're more annoyed by them. You know, it's extremely frustrating if you have overheads that you have to cover and you're competing against a company that will undercut your price because they don't have the overheads. But is that? solely down to the fact that they're driving three and a half ton vans is it the fact that they're paying their drivers cash in hand is it the fact that they don't have an office there are reasons behind it i i sort of almost see the the three and a half ton van as a a target when actually that's not the issue and maybe we here's the daft thing Most of us, as removal businesses, have three and a half ton vans. Exactly. (laughs) If I was going to add another vehicle to my fleet right at the moment, it would probably be a three and a half ton van. Not to replace a truck. I believe firmly in us having HGVs and doing removals properly with HGVs. I just, I, I think it's something that we maybe concentrate too much on and there are several companies out there that are solely running low loaders three and a half tonners and they're running them really well there are there are and yeah i think it 
we have laws in place we have laws that you are supposed to put employees through the paye system we have laws where you are not supposed to cut corners from a health and safety point of view we have laws that guide us on how much we can put on a vehicle and how much we can drive a vehicle yeah i'm not even sure that i know what regulation the term regulate the three and a half ton van brigade i don't see the how we do that i just yeah (laughs) (laughs) so what was the one thing you would like to change then adam we have a, a huge frustration with key handovers with how we're treated as an industry by the estate agent solicitor and to me i would encourage and i'm guilty of it just as much as everybody else but i would encourage every mover to have a strict policy on waiting time charges that if we do not get keys at a certain point in time uh, be it one o'clock be it two o'clock whatever you feel is necessary that we charge those customers for that waiting time we seem to use that as something we can just lose something that we use as maybe a, a selling tactic i think that the customer needs to get used to the fact that if we have to do extra which in effect we financially do have to do extra if our staff do not start unloading a vehicle until four o'clock that somebody has to pay for it and that we don't swallow the cost all of the time and then actually if we are all charging waiting time charges then maybe the solicitors and the estate agents will have a bit more pressure from their customer that the key handovers may happen in a timely fashion or maybe i'm living in cloud cuckoo land but well it's a difficult one isn't it because at the end of the day it's the client that has to bear the cost of it does the client then go back to the estate agents or solicitor whoever and claim those costs back because it's not their fault but it's not your fault either. It's not, not their, their fault. fault. It doesn't cost them any money while they're waiting, but you've got to pay the guys overtime or whatever if they're having to wait three or four hours. Yeah, it's not their fault. You're right. It is not their fault. But similarly, it is not our fault. Definitely not. So I was talking to a builder the other day. He was actually, he was moving house. He was in our storage facility and and was moving not with ourselves but actually with a a removal company who stores with us and we were talking about costs and the word estimate or quotation we offer a fixed price quotation to people to move when he builds an extension he provides an estimate if he digs up the garden and there is a water pipe under there that causes him more work it's not the customer's fault that the water pipe was there it's not his fault that the water pipe was there the customer has to pay the cost and it's maybe it's a harsh way of looking at it but why 
as removal companies, we, we often feel, I think we often feel that we are the the poor partner in the group of companies involved within a, a removal transaction. And we're fools to ourselves by giving away our margin on a removal through something that is no fault of our own. I know quite a few companies that don't charge waiting time. Yes. And it is sad. It is sad. I like the waiting time waivers. I love those. But at the end of the day, if the customer hasn't taken it, charge. It's costing you money. I, I like, we, we used to use the waiting time waiver during my time at Chudley's. I like the waiting time waiver because A, it gives the customer a, a smaller charge to insure against a potential large cost. But also, it's how you deliver that waiting time waiver, because what it does then is it starts the dialogue with the customer before moving day about this is a potential issue and this is something that you could be faced with. Whereas I think sometimes in the sales process, we, and I say we as an industry, we avoid that conversation because it's a bit of an awkward one. Customers don't like the conversation about there may be an extra charge. If you're going out and you're selling an international move, you don't think twice about telling them that they could have quarantine charges when yeah. they go into Australia and actually, sorry, we can't put an exact figure on that because that depends on the services that are provided at that end so as an industry i i just think we almost undersell ourselves sometimes we wouldn't expect our staff not to be paid for it exactly it's better to have it as a waiting time waiver for them to consider than it is to just say and or refer to our terms and conditions yeah yeah it does highlight it early on and that always worked pretty well. So what advice would you give yourself just starting out in the industry again? In fact, go back 18 months. What advice yeah. would you give yourself before you came? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's an interesting one. I, I think I've mentioned it before. I'm a firm believer in networking, in talking, in listening. We as an industry, in the main, are a very friendly bunch of people, I've found. Oh, absolutely. We, in a lot of cases, are prepared to share a lot of information, grab every bit of information. I was quite fortunate when I started. I have family names that people recognized that almost got me into conversations quite early on with senior figures yeah. within the industry. I was very fortunate that David Trenchard, a senior, well-respected figure in our industry, there's not much about this industry that he doesn't know about. I got talking to him one day. He obviously knows my grandfather and worked with him for many years. And he offered me his personal support we looked at computer systems it was about the time we were we were looking at computer systems at chudley's 
we also were looking at doing the um, standard within our BAR membership. Yeah, BSCM 12522. Yeah. And he offered me his time to go and sit with him and he offered me his staff's time and i was very glad that i accepted that i think there are lots of people within this industry who are prepared to offer their time and their advice we don't have to take it but i am a firm believer in listening to people i'm a firm believer that we can learn lessons from every interaction and conversation that we have and even sometimes that lesson can be that we were doing it right in the first place but we've still learned from it yeah so yeah i mean that that really is my advice we have to learn our lessons and actually sometimes just listening taking on board the advice that other people do have to offer out there and there is plenty of it and I would also add, I'm no guru of this industry, but I have built some good working relationships with some, we worked with some subcontractors during my time at Chudley's who were younger people who were just starting off their own businesses. And I found it extremely rewarding that I could offer my experience of how we'd done things. I'm not putting myself out there to be an industry expert, but I have experienced a number of things within this industry. And I am more than happy to have that conversation with somebody on the phone or in person over a coffee, maybe even over a beer. (laughs) If it helps them, it's extremely rewarding to see a couple of guys, separate entities who started out on their own, and are building their businesses don't get me wrong i I take no credit for it personally but if i've helped a bit in that yeah then great yeah yeah so where do you see yourself and the industry in the next five years that's an interesting question um i'm still getting used to being a business owner i would term it as although i had quite senior roles during my time at chudley's and i did have a a a minority shareholding within the business as part of our our handover plans you never really learn until it's uh until it's you who's actually doing it and you who's actually having to think about it it was great working with my dad he was more than prepared to offer his opinion but he was also more than prepared to sometimes just sit back and and let me make my own decisions but you've always got that person who's there and you've always got a bit of a a wing that you can shelter under so i'm still getting used to uh, i'm still getting used to yeah the business owner part of things five years so david who i work with is into his early 60s i would say from the conversations that we've had that he will look at his retirement within that time 
that will also be a bit of a challenge you know it's it's nice working with someone i i and and i don't say that as in it being a surprise it's nice to have somebody there who offers you that bit of sanity you know on that day of making business decisions it's almost nice to do things in partnership he can agree with me he can disagree with me i can disagree with him and actually through that we come out with hopefully the best answer so maybe a transition into working a bit more on my own which i you know is a bit that's a bit scary i guess but uh in five years keep doing what i'm doing and uh, yeah look at the onward plan from from there i guess there's nothing like being your own boss though adam it's nice to have that person that you can bounce ideas off and share responsibilities with but being your own boss yeah i i see that yeah and and that does excite me to a certain extent but i um i'm a pack animal i think (laughs) i enjoy conversation Uh, i enjoy talking things over and anyway you're saying about there's nothing like being your own boss colin i'm married i'll never be the boss (laughs) (laughs) everybody's just agreed with you on that yeah yeah so where do you see the industry in five years do you see any major changes at all um I mean, the big changes that are coming are are the ones that are going to be enforced on us from the point of view of truck technology, van technology. I don't foresee huge changes other than that part of it, really. And I think we've got a interesting couple of years ahead. That's probably a, a wider economic thing for the country, which obviously has a knock on effect on removals. Yeah. I've listened to a few of your podcasts and one person mentioned maybe more consolidation. Yeah. I don't know that I see that. I don't know that I see that. I think tough times tend to bring about maybe a bit more entrepreneurship. Is that the word? So who's to say there won't be the, uh, the seeds of of a new uh and you know new companies coming into the industry i i don't know that i see it becoming a few big companies buying everybody else out i don't see that happening i might be wrong we'll have to wait and see we will we will so what do you do outside of the industry to switch off then adam switch off blimey that's a hard one yeah it is it is um, but we all need to yeah and actually uh, one thing that i will say about my current situation is i or should i say one thing i would say about my current position is that i do have a good work-life balance my time at Chudley's, we ran a lot of vehicles into Europe. We ran primarily our vehicles were away for a good part of the week nationally. I spent a lot of time during my evenings having phone calls with drivers and responding to emails. I'm quite lucky that at present I do have 
a bit more evenings to myself and uh, I don't have to worry about drivers in Europe over weekends. I'm a football fan. I'm a season ticket holder at Bristol City. I have my family who, so my wife Nicola, uh, my two daughters Anna and Leah, and actually from my I mean, obviously, I enjoy my wife's company. I wouldn't have married her otherwise. Um, <laughs> but uh, I actually really enjoy my children's company. They, um, yeah, I enjoy my children's company and the things that we do together. We spend a lot of family time. And I also have a passion for theatre. I have been involved with amateur dramatics groups. Uh, I don't so much tread the boards anymore because the rehearsal times needed are a bit difficult when you run a business. But I do tend to volunteer quite a bit of my time on stage managing, stage crewing, building sets and that kind of thing. So, yes. And finally, and finally, I like to end my podcast with a funny, moving story. Do you have one or more to tell? I found this a bit difficult, actually, because I, as I've said already, I, I've enjoyed my time in the industry. But really funny uh, stories. We've all had the stories of finding um, inappropriate objects within within customers' wardrobes and chest of drawers. Um, Actually, I don't know that it's funny. I think I would call it a a heartwarming story with a bit of a chuckle in there. So I've spoken about networking, about having friends in the industry, and um, I do have a number of good friends. And one of them, uh, again, I should probably refer to an episode number, a certain Mr. Neil Purdy is a good friend of mine. He uh, he invited a group of us a few years back to go up to Scotland and uh, go for a day out on a golf course, watching rather than playing. And uh, I'm always one to take the opportunity to really go and visit people and see a bit about their business, yeah. how they do things. And so uh, I discussed with Neil and Rob that I would actually fly up there the day before in the morning and that I'd spend a bit of time with them at Purdy HQ and uh, they were happy with that they welcomed it and um, I was due for an early flight out of Bristol up to Edinburgh and the night before Neil texted me and he said "Um, you've got an HGV license haven't you (laughs) I said yeah You've got a driver's card, haven't you? Yeah. And I thought no more of it. <laughs> and I boarded my flight and I got into Edinburgh. He uh, advised me that I had to text him as soon as I landed. So I texted him as soon as I landed and uh, I was picked up from the airport. And uh, I was taken back over to Purdy HQ for roughly about half past eight. I was uh, given my Purdy Company (laughs) T-shirt. And uh, Neil said, uh, yeah, we're short of a driver today. (laughs) And I don't know if you know, but uh, Neil actually 
had his HGV license taken away because of uh, diabetes. <laughs> and uh, he said, uh, yeah, we're going out on a job. So uh, he, he gave me the truck keys. He gave me the Purdy T-shirt. And uh, for a day, I was actually an employee of uh, a Purdy Worldwide. And we, were, we went out and we did this removal. I f- it was quite surreal, really, driving a, a Purdy seven and a half tonner around Scotland. And um, I was rewarded with, I think it was a, a square sausage sandwich for uh, for breakfast and gifted the Purdy t-shirt to take home with me, which I probably still have in a cupboard here somewhere. And actually, it, it was great, really. I mean, it, I find it quite amusing, the fact that I went out there to visit and, and the, the two of us went out on a job. But it, it was great. It's great to see how other people do it. And at the end of the day, we're removal men. So why not go out and do a removal? That's just brilliant. That's- that's just absolutely brilliant. And typical of Neil as well. <laughs> <laughs> no comment, Your Honour. <laughs> oh, dear. Very, very good. Well, Adam, it's so nice to have you back in the industry. And I appreciate your time today to record an episode of Moving Matters with me. Thank you very much. Thank you, Colin. It's been good. Thank you. I sincerely hope you enjoyed episode 72 of Moving Matters. Please rate, review and subscribe in your favourite podcast player of choice and please tell your industry colleagues about Moving Matters. My thanks and appreciation go to Adam Chudley of BK Moving and Storage Group for giving up his time to record this episode. Thank you again, Adam. If you would like to know more about BK Moving and Storage Group and the services they provide, then you will find links to be in the show notes for this episode and on our webpage, movingmatterspodcast.co.uk. And please, if you have a funny moving story that could be relayed to our listeners or you would like to be a guest on the podcast, then do reach out to me by completing the contact form on our webpage, movingmatterspodcast.co.uk. Well, that is all from me, so until next time, keep moving. <laughs>